Get ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick, daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Well, hello, 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 my power partners, and welcome to radio's finest program of positive talk. This is Star Style B, the star you are, and you are tuned in to the T for Two segment with me, Cynthia Bryan. And me, Heather Brittany. And we are so happy to be your personal success coaches with passion, with positivity, and with purpose right here on the airways. And we bring you the authors, the experts, the professionals. And we want you to love, live, laugh, learn, listen. And, of course, we want you to be making a difference in your life. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Coaching, where we'll identify your passion, your purpose, and your possibility to bring your happiness and success to life. Visit star-style.com or call 925 925- 377-STAR, and this Miracle Moments by Tom Brokaw. It's easy to make a buck. It's a lot tougher to make a difference. Ooh, I like. Isn't that great, Heather? We're always talking about that, making meaning and making money. You could do both. We tend to happen to be about making the meaning here, So, and we hope that all of our listeners are too, especially this time of year. Well, today's program, we're going to focus on Thanksgiving traditions, followed by the book Sheep to Shiro, and then the red carpet extravaganza celebration that just happened this last week, and you get to be there with us. So it is Thanksgiving. Woohoo! My <laughs> favorite holiday of the year because it is just the least commercialized. It is the most important. It really is this attitude of gratitude, a day of thanks, a day of family, of friends. I absolutely love it. And it happens every year, the same Thursday, every November. And I never knew before um, that other there are seven other nations that also celebrate an official Thanksgiving, Argentina, Brazil, Canada, Japan, Korea, Liberia, and Switzerland. So Heather and I have been talking about the historical significance of Thanksgiving, and then we want to share with you some of the traditions that we have and then what are some of the other typical trend, uh, tra- uh, traditions that people do here in America. So, Heather, why don't we talk a little bit about the pilgrims who really never really observed an annual Thanksgiving feast in the autumn? Well, exactly. The whole thing that the Thanksgiving, we do it every fourth Thursday of the um, every fourth Thursday of November. But you know what? That would be a good idea. Every fourth uh, Thursday of the month, I think that would be a good idea. <laughs> a day of, of giving and thanks. I and like that. Traditionally, you know, and it originated. Well, actually, 
various things. In 1863, they used to view it as being thankful for God. It had a religious observation to it. And, you know, regarding the colonization of America, it was to celebrate um, the pilgrims, you know, coming to the Plymouth colonies. And it was the first, um, they had survived this kind of this brutal winter and this first new, New England, which ironically enough, they're escaping from England and they entitled their first place New England. You know, (laughs) again, being a history major, I always found that really crazy, but, you know, maybe they were not very creative with their words. Exactly, exactly. And the, actually, the very first Thanksgiving, they feasted for three days. And a little bit different, there was only, um, to originate, there was 53 pilgrims and 90 Native Americans. And as much as in all the political stuff of today, how we all want to claim we're Americans, truly we're all mutts, unless we are truly a Native American, one of the founding tribes that were here prior to this Thanksgiving. Uh, we can't really claim that. Exactly. I know I don't have any in me, but, you know, I feel like I resonate with them. Exactly, exactly. So when their original Thanksgiving, they feasted on fowl and venison and fish and lobster and cranberries and pumpkins. And a lot of stuff we actually have, quote-unquote, Americanized, that um, this whole thing, pumpkin pie, they didn't have... Um, quite so many um, of ingredients at hand, but eventually over time, things that were more raw, more sour, or sweet, or bitter have become, you know, the, that pumpkin, uh, that pureed pumpkin has become our pumpkin pies. Um, they, and they actually, you know, they had beetroot, and, and then the original, the turkey, which now we've found um, through the the various culinary um, exposés of, of today's culture, we've we've made ways of making things more elegant and tasteful. Um, but it was pretty, pretty, um, you know, not not as fancy back then. And actually, with this being said, it wasn't until 1941 um, that President Roosevelt actually made it um, a national holiday within our country of saying that Thanksgiving is a day to be celebrated, to be observed, um, observed annually, meaning that, um, you know, some places do stay open, but for the most part it is uh, recognized that that's when your banks, your um, postal services, many places closing early, that this is truly a day to celebrate with family and friends, to be thankful. And that was the original message, is that these people, um, they were escaping from the original country um, for due Originally, it was religious persecution. It was, you know, the the new thinkers of society. And um, though it, it's kind of translated into everyone's own personal meeting and uh, meaning and going away from religious things of just taking this is that time of year where you spend it with friends or family. Um, and many times, you know, people that become your surrogate family who are your friends of giving this amount of time um, to be thankful for all these things that you have in the year. And amazingly enough, um, though we, it's, in America, it's turned to this day of gluttony and, and football, which I'll get in the football aspect of it too. But truly, uh, one thing I've found remarkable about giving thanks is this is the time of year when our soup kitchens, um, become, where people become so active in giving thanks and giving back to their communities. And You know, I, I just, just want to interject this morning. Yeah. I was talking to one of my clients who... Uh, who actually buys eggs uh, from my chickens every week. And I don't know, right now they're not laying so well, so I called her to say that I didn't have all the eggs that she needed. And she said, no problem, I'll wait for the moment. But uh, what she wanted to say, she was on her way out to deliver turkeys to the homeless. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I thought that was just really great. And, you know, and especially this year, these last few years, economic-wise, it's been really tough for everyone, and I think, you know, it's hard when people are asking for, you know, donations, just as with Be the Star You Are, being about charity, about 
efficacy and, and um, you know, educating people. Um, it is that time of the year when even when our pockets are very thin and very shallow that we can always reach just a little bit deeper. And if we can't help financially, um, we can help emotionally and with our hands. And I just have to say, though I'm always thankful for the Thanksgivings I get to spend with my family and with my friends, um, probably one of the most thankful Thanksgivings um, I ever experienced, and it's actually in our be the star you are. But. You know, it's one of the most beautiful stories I think <laughs> in Be the Star You Are. It's called The Gift of Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, for and it's Be the Star You Are for Teens, our new book. And yes, tell them the story, Heather. Yeah, just the short bit if you would like to read the real thing, go out, get your book, go to our website, be the star you are dot com, be the star you are dot org, check it out. But um, for Thanksgiving, I wasn't going to be able to get home um, just timing-wise, school. I was so busy in activities. And instead of sitting around feeling sorry for myself, I was involved in various organizations on campus. And it had brought to my attention that there was a facility in San Diego um, that was housing patients that were living um, HIV positive and with AIDS. And if we could just go there, you know, help out a few hours for the Thanksgiving. And I thought, sure, why not? You know, this sounds fun. And it was the most amazing experience. These people were so, I, what I felt I got out of it, but they were so thankful for me coming there, just hanging out, cooking with them. And the, the stories they would share, and they just felt, I just remember all day long, my phone just kept ringing and ringing with friends and family saying how they missed me and wishing me well wishes. And there was this moment of silence you kind of felt in that house that their phones weren't ringing, that they didn't have visitors, that they weren't receiving cards. And these were the most wonderful people ever. And it really hit a chord with me of how um, just because of a disease that, you know, they didn't have control over, that they had been, in essence, abandoned by their friends and family. And it was such an amazing experience um, being with them. I left there feeling so thankful that they shared their day with me and they let me into their lives. And um, I, I couldn't believe that they were so excited that I had visited them. Um, but it was those things that um, there's so many people in the community that I think if people are worried about, you know, I don't have money, I can't do that, that you, you know, go volunteer at these soup kitchens, donate, you know, those cans, unexpired, make sure they're not, but, you know, those things you're not eating, um, just those little, little itsy bits. Um, you can have, you know, donating books, donating to your favorite charity, just getting involved within your community, um, truly giving thanks for the moments we don't feel we have that much. But if you look around, we are so blessed. We are blessed to have family. We're blessed to have friends, the ability to be eating these meals. So, um, you know, for me personally, that's what Thanksgiving is truly that moment of gratitude. Not that, and you, and it is. I really think it is all about gratitude. And one of the things that, I just wanted to say combining the history of uh, Thanksgiving, you know, with the feast that the first pilgrims celebrated actually in, in 1621 is what you were saying about the foods that they ate. I find it very interesting that today our traditional Thanksgiving is really still incorporates most of those same foods. And the, the difference between what we do today and what they did then is they were more about fasting and we're more about feasting. As I know, I, for some reason, America, we have this way of just gluttonizing everything. And, and it's so funny how, I mean, there's terms people call, you know, that, that Thanksgiving, that food comatose, that no matter what, you know, people, or people say, oh, you know, I'm not going to eat for a day before so that I can really enjoy all this. And um, you just see, you know, after the big meal, how people are just so lethargic. And that's for various, you know, actually. Yeah, I think, well, you know, I want to talk about that. That's a good point. 
one of the things that, uh, that that we're doing is, and I think a lot of people probably do that, is we have some kind of a sport activity during Thanksgiving. Last year it was a croquet tournament. I don't know if we're having the Olympics this year, but if you have good weather and you can go outside, it's really great to do some something that's a little bit physical. Ew, completely. And, and that's a big thing, too, as I was saying, is that football – um, a lot of people may not realize, but American football has been part of many Thanksgiving. And actually, the Detroit Lions um, have hosted every single Thanksgiving Day um, football game since 1934, except for 1939 to 1944 due to the World War II. Um, but they have hosted every single one. And um, it's, that's something on its own, for I think, for many people feels when very patriotic. What do you mean by that? Why what? That that they've hosted Thanksgiving. Oh, meaning that they have that the game is played is oh, played. Right. Detroit okay. Lions have hosted every single game for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, well, I think it's you know it goes hand in hand. People really look forward to that. Yeah, and I think you know, and the Thanksgiving as as a you know just an essence is that maybe because it was our originally founding America, people view it as a very patriotic thing. I think a lot of people who do migrate. Um, to America and that want to be Americanized and, and, and you know, enjoy you know, our various celebrations, that this is a big day for them. Well, um, you know, and I wanted to bring up one thing, too, is since it's a big turkey day, for people who are vegetarians or vegans, yesterday, again, my editor emailed me that her daughter was vegan, and so she was going to be cooking tofurkey, and tofurkey. I thought that was so funny. It was like tofu turkey. Mm. I thought that was great, and so I think it's really good to... Uh, make sure that we pay attention to the dietary needs of our loved ones and not just say it's a day of turkey, you know. We, we can have lots of great legumes and vegetables and pumpkins and all of that. And, of course, you can have your tofu worky or tofu turkey, whatever it's called. <laughs> I think and, that that is really good too. And also, you know, a thing for people too. It's also during Thanksgiving. It's also one of the biggest times for vacation and travel for many people. I just know me just booking a flight. The prices go up astronomically. And um, also, you know, with this economy, a lot of people have been driving. If you're planning to, just hit the road early um, because most business and government workers, their Thanksgiving is a day off. It's actually a paid holiday for many people. So um, a lot of people, if, if they're able to, they'll either leave that day or prior. There's kind of a five-day span of really difficult um, traffic as well as very expensive traveling. Well, so, so the key is be safe and be prepared for delays at the airport. But most of all, we want you to have that attitude of gratitude and have a very, very, very special Thanksgiving and in this week as we prepare, just give your spread your gracias around, spread your, your love around. Have a good on your website. Oh, most definitely. If you want to hear more about these stories or just give gratitude, get involved. Go to be the star you are dot com, be the star you are dot org, myspace dot com forward slash carmony clutches, both with a K, and carmony clutches dot com, both with a K. And I just want to remind everyone that Heather's story, the gift of Thanksgiving, is really an absolutely beautiful chapter in the book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, and it will make everyone really think about the real meaning of what this special day is. Well, when we come back from a short break, you're going to meet the Shiro leader, Rebecca Moradogli, as she will transform the face of tribal BS with her book, From Sheep to Shiro, Transforming the Face of Tribal BS. 
Stay with us. We have lots more to come. We want you to be inspired and motivated and juiced up. Fire in your belly to be the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Be the star you are. You are the star. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, we sure thank you for staying with us right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and to listen. Every single week, Be the Star You Are brings you incredible authors and experts who inspire and help you live a better life. If you'd like to make a donation to Be the Star You Are charity, please visit bethestarur.org or call at 925-376-7126. And talking about inspirational people, well, our next guest is going to blow it right off the map. Tuum est is Latin for it's up to you. And as I always say, if it's to be, it's up to me. Well, Rebecca Mora Dogley has created a vision of win, win, win that crosses all borders with her concept of Shiro, her book is From Sheep to Shiro, and Shiro stands for Spirituality, Humanity, Enlightenment, Responsibility, and Opportunity. She will inspire you to rethink your tribal BS. Hello and welcome, Rebecca, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hello, Cynthia. Thank you very much for this awesome opportunity. The Owen Shiro, after all. <laughs> Hi, we are. I just wanted to share your Shiroism. I just, you know, I finished reading your book this morning. I laughed. I cried. I really cried at the end. And yeah. I was just so moved because what you are writing about in your book affects all of us. And I want you to share your story of Growing up from an Armenian family, although not being born there, and then the different countries you lived in, 
And you just brought something to the surface of how we have these belief systems that don't serve us because they are tribal BS, belief systems. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you arrived at Shiro, and then we're going to get to the story in your book. Sure, with pleasure. Like, uh, thank you once again, as I mentioned. Um, in terms of how I came to this point, I was born in Germany, so I was ex- exposed to that atmosphere, and I've lived in Iran, so complete culture shock. Uh, during the 79 revolution, my family had to go and live in England, so again, another culture shock. Now, keeping in mind that I'm from an Armenian background uh, as a direct descendant from the 1915 genocide where these Armenian people fled for their lives. And, and that was called the, the diaspora. That, exactly. So the diaspora, the Armenian people, they either went to Iran, to Lebanon, to Syria. Some of them came to North America. But with them, they transported their belief systems. And when I say tribal, one thing to understand is Tribal can be an Armenian concept, an Italian concept, a Greek concept, but tribal could mean your corporation as your tribe, your group of friends as your tribe, anybody that has that same belief systems that you tap into. So when I talk about belief systems now, it's, it's very important to kind of identify what, what is meant by that because belief systems are usually based on the past and sometimes they're passed on from generation to generation. So for in my case, one of the uh, belief systems that I was raised with, and this came from my grandmother, and even though she had positive intentions, she used to say things like, no one's going to understand you better than your own tribe. Yes. So now imagine you're out of your country, which you weren't even born in. You're transported to North America, and you're being raised in a bubble. And part of, again, the positive intention is they don't know any better because if they knew better, they'd do better, Right. So here you are being raised in this bubble of no one's going to understand you better than your own tribe, so you're trying to pick within your tribe for that best mate to continue the traditions. Well, and and just in your particular culture, the Armenian culture, women, well, you're supposed to marry within the culture, um, Armenians. Well, that was the case. That was the the tribal BS in that culture, and I think it's in many cultures the same way. It's in many cultures, and that's why this story is something, like I said, that it crosses all borders because of all the people that have read it so far, no matter what their background is, whether they're Armenian or German or uh, from the Czech Republic or from Brazil, something within it has resonated with them because they're starting to check in on their belief systems, things that are holding them back from living a very fulfilled life. And that's what's really impressive because you don't have to be Armenian. I have Greek friends who go, oh, my God, do you remember the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding? That is and the I- funniest thing that you just said. That, what, that was exactly what I was just going to say, Rebecca, when I read the book. Right. I, I, it, it felt like My Big Fat Greek Wedding because oh, that's I'm it. Italian, and I said the same thing. Is that could have been My Big Fat Italian Wedding. And the, what you're saying with this crossing all borders the belief systems could be, you know, in my Italian background, it could be Catholic, Protestant, Jewish. It doesn't and matter. We all have We all these, have them. We, we all, all have, have it. We have and we've been raised with it. It's sort of like that story that's, uh, you know, kind of a wife's tale now, but why when you're cooking a ham did you cut off the end and everybody does it tradition after tradition, and then one day you find out that the reason was because that your great-great-great-great-grandmother didn't have a pan big enough. Exactly. Do you know? I mean, and in, and in the and in the meantime, all these generations are 
cutting the meat in a weird way. <laughs> well, that's because <laughs> I think it's part of the tradition. Well, absolutely. And what makes it even more interesting is that some people might start realizing why am I doing this, but they refuse to go against it because then they think that they're letting the culture down. You're right. Because changing. Well, but this is where Shiro. This is where your book comes in from sheep to Shiro. So we take it from being a follower, which is the symbolism of being a sheep, right. to being enlightened. And you have to fight against your own belief system in order to develop this new system that really allows people to be free and to be the best people they can be. Well, I mean, and, and that's absolutely correct. And part of it is realizing that in order to go from a sheep state to a shiro state doesn't mean that you have to give up the uniqueness of your cultural background. Uh, or your family mean, or your friends. Absolutely, because... The, the whole concept of Shiro is a very constructive concept. It's something that's based on moving you forward. It's very solution-focused, and it's all about interdependence. And that us-versus-them dogma no longer applies in this very interdependent world. There's no more political boundaries, even though that's what we're exposed to every day. It's, when you think of what's going on in Facebook, if you were to take the number of people that are on Facebook right now, that would be the third largest country in the world. And it's Facebook. It's not a political country. So when people realize that they can live their lives with these five um, principles as one and get themselves into a shiro state in a snap, as a smallest example is someone cuts you off in traffic, right? As opposed to, you know, some people would like to give them the middle finger or whatever and start taking out their aggression on the other person who just by accident cut them off, for instance. Getting yourself into an elevated shiro state and looking at the problem from above and realizing really it's not a big deal. And also, I also think it's also looking at what happens. You, you make this very clear in your book. It's not what happens to us that matters. It's how we react to what happens to us. So that, absolutely. And that is the real key to shiro, I believe, is that that's the only thing we have control of is how we react to situations. And, Rebecca, well, I wanted you to go through what, the, which, what you mean by each of the letters. When we say spirituality, humanity, enlightenment, responsibility, and opportunity, you discuss that before you tell your international story, which I was just trans, yeah, it was just, I was transfixed by it. Okay. But w- will you go through that because... When people hear spirituality, very often they'll hear religion, but that's not what you mean. It means some believing in something bigger than ourselves. Absolutely, uh, with pleasure, because I think it's very, very important that everybody understands the five main components of what makes Shiro Shiro. So if we can break it down uh, from, from the S. So spirituality, as you mentioned, yes, it's that oneness. It's that knowing that we're individual and unique, but without us the picture is not complete. It, spirituality means love. Now, some people equate spirituality, as you mentioned, with religion. So they consider themselves to be uh, spiritual by being Christian, Muslim, Jewish, etc., and all the religions in the world. But they don't embrace the fundamental point of spirituality in terms of coming together because we're too busy separating uh, ourselves by this man-made uh, rules of us versus them dogma. So spirituality, if you can just, in the simplest way of looking at spirituality, it means love. It means what the Agape Foundation, for instance, with Michael Beckwith. Talked right, about. and I was just with Michael a couple Absolutely. days ago. Exactly. So, I mean, is spirituality in the simplest context, love. Now, when I speak about humanity, the second component of Shiro, 
it's about giving and not what's in it for me. Gone are the days of gluttony of, you know, what am I going to get out of it? What's going on? It's about a win-win, creating a win-win with, a, with another human being. Now, this could be something if you're in an elevator and you just smile at somebody and you don't know how that's going to affect that person. Or it could be on a grander scale of what the two characters did for each other in my story. And there's tons of other examples. But it's about increasing the level of serotonin in us without even realizing it. So ultimately, if you can think of humanity, it's about giving. If you just focus on the giving, what can I give to my human being? What It's about not about me it's about we in and that is the key that is uh, the real important part of shiro is a, it's the system of thinking about we it's not it is we and then then that comes to i am shiro because all of us are part of the we we so are you are i am i am exactly exactly now number three enlightenment uh, some people seem to think that enlightenment stops at high school or at university level but uh, you need to be constantly engaged with the world around you. You need to be not only engaged with your own personal life, but with the communities of the world around you. So if you're Armenian, learn about Greeks, learn about Italians, learn about Israelis, learn about Chinese, learn about all the different languages of the world. Stop spending time wasted in front of the TV. On, I mean, there's obviously many shows we want to tune into, but there's so many other things like National Geographic Television, Discovery Channel... It's about constantly learning and moving forward in life, right? If you want to change the world around you, you have to be the change first. Oh, wonderful thing. Let's repeat that. If you want to change the world around you, you have to change yourself first. Absolutely. And nobody can change. We can't change anyone. I mean, I think that's a real known, you know, precept is the only person we can change is ourselves. So we want peace in the world. We have to change for peace. Absolutely. It's always inside out. It's inside out. Easy. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as far as responsibility, uh, you had mentioned this earlier, and it is absolutely a very key point of uh, Shiro in the sense that you are not, you may not be responsible for certain things that happen to you in your life, but you are absolutely, and this is, as you mentioned uh, before, that the gurus that I speak of in my book, this is something that they all have in uh, agreement, is that you are absolutely responsible for the way in which you react to things in life. You know, somebody can cut you off again. In traffic, you decide how you react to that. Yeah, Your we mother, are in charge. We are in charge of all our reactions, and all acting is reacting. And what, and what does that uh, being in charge may, uh, translate to? It, uh, it translates to feeling empowered. You're not a victim. You're empowered. You are making the decisions in your life. You're no longer in a sheep state. You're in an engaged and empowered Shiro state. And as far as opportunities are uh, concerned, I mean, that's very self-explanatory, but... The way Shiro looks at the world, with Shiro vision, as you mentioned, is that there's no such thing as failure. There's always an opportunity for learning in everything. If you focus on past, you miss out on today's opportunities. Uh, In the uh, the story, uh, if you recall, after 17 years of employment, the character was dismissed uh, from her job. So she had an opportunity to go back and fight and wrongful dismissal, et cetera, et cetera. But she took that opportunity to go towards something bigger and better, to get herself into a constructive state, to go after something that was bigger from herself and tied it into humanity, tied it into spirituality, tied it into enlightenment. So that in itself, in a nutshell, are the five components of Shiro. And and um, I just want to tell our listeners who we're speaking to, again, if you're just joining us, the book is From Sheep to Shiro, and our author is 
Rebecca Moragdogli, and she is talking about the five components, the five principles of Shiro, spirituality, humanity, enlightenment, responsibility, and opportunity, which she just described of how it all fits together when we want to say we are, you are, and then I am Shiro. And by the way, her website is IamShiro.com. Lots of information there. Rebecca, I want to talk about your story. So besides talking about these these principles and how we can change our lives for the better so that we can help the world change and our friends change and our families and, and you know, just bring more honesty and truth into our lives, authenticity. You have written a, a story that is obviously, I am assuming, is based on your journal writings, et cetera, and on your own life, but it is just very, very touching about a journey back to your homeland, which so many of us make pilgrimage pilgrimages back to where we are. Will you tell us a little bit about the story, and is most of it uh, based on truth? Yes, absolutely. Um, I've wrote in the introduction that it is based on a true story. I've just changed the names of the characters, obviously, to protect their privacy. Um, There are certain things that I have uh, made bigger than they were just to make an impact with the story, and certain things I've toned down, but most of the conversations, uh, I'll mention that the two main characters, uh, one is named Taguhi, the other one's uh, named Arka. Which is in king Ar- and queen. That's right. In Armenian, they mean king and queen. And it wasn't to impress people of, okay, if I'm the main character, Taguhi, it's not to impress people, look what I have done. It's more to impress upon people that we are our own kings and queens in life, that we are capable of so much. But what we limit ourselves is amazing. We we have unlimited sources of things that we can do, but what we choose to do in life sometimes doesn't reach that full potential. And see, I really love that analogy because what we always say here is be the star you are, and it's not about me being a star. It's about we are already a star. We can polish and shine, but we already are kings and queens of our own kingdoms. It's how we decide to to look at ourselves and what is the image we present to the world. So once we decide and we own it, we take the responsibility, we become Shiro, then we really walk in those boots, and that's when we make a difference. That's right. And, and the way the uh, journey began, as you were asking me a bit earlier, Cynthia, was that uh, I had gone through many trials and tribulations from 2000 to 2006 uh, in my private life, and I was constantly being hit in the face with the same BS. And uh, Surrounding myself with all the gurus, as I've mentioned in the book, in terms of uh, Deepak or Anthony Robbins or uh, Michael Beckwith, John Maxwell, you're realizing there's a common thread going on. If you're not where you want to be, there's something that you haven't learned yet. So I was thinking maybe I should go back to the source of this BS, my belief system, the source of what's holding me back, and just question it. And that's why the journey began in 2006 to visit Armenia. And there's, as you've read, there's you met many, you met people that become your brothers. Exactly, the, and we have this tendency in Armenians we call everyone up there, which is uh, a slang for brother. Um, and you know, we Armenians are very compassionate people. They're very open people. You you know, if you're a stranger, you become their best friends. And um, I met these uh, gentlemen, and they became my adopted brothers. And from there became a journey that I could not have even imagined, even if I wanted to write this novel with my imagination. It was one of those things where just it's meant to be that everything is happening in the right time, place, sequence. 
And I think what's also interesting is how you started your story with the first um, um, precept that you had based on appearance and body language, and they, when you were sitting in the, you know, at the airport, and then when they got on the plane, and you had images of who these guys were, and they didn't turn out to be anything like what no. you had perceived them to be, which I thought that was a very interesting twist. And that's something that I would love to challenge people to do on a daily basis, uh, because what happens is, and that ties in with the BS and belief systems, what happens is that the be- uh, belief systems start to own us. We don't own them anymore, so they become our... Uh, regular mechanisms for making decisions. So what I like to challenge people is try to point out all the belief systems that you have during the day. If someone cuts you off in traffic, if it's, uh, um, I, I hear somebody, somebody say, oh, Japanese are bad drivers, Chinese are bad drivers. Catch yourself thinking that and ask yourself, is that really true? Are all these drivers bad? Is a woman driver bad? It, you know what I mean? Exactly. Just keep yourself in check. Keep yourself in check. And until it's, if it's not in your light, then you won't know if it's serving you or not. And that's what the point is. Well, the I don't want to give away any of the the actual storyline or the ending of the story, but right. you, you're still in contact with your abers and the families, and it's still, it's, everything is... Tell us a little bit what's happening since the book has come out. Well, since the, the book actually just came out in March, and uh, it was uh, an amazing journey in, a, in and of itself because so some people call it gremlins, some people call it squirrels, but they were attacking me in, internally because I was like, should I be writing this? Who am I to write this? You know, as a writer, when you oh, go through... But all, those, every writer goes through that. You realize that, Rebecca. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. But That's because the writing was process. A, I mean, it's like, are we good enough? Why would anybody want to listen to me? But you yes. really had something to say. I really had something to say, but I wanted to be very careful and respect the memory of the, char- uh, the character. Right, of course. Exactly. Of course. So that was the biggest thing for me. And then uh, once it came out, and it was absolutely embraced by the family. And to this day, I, I keep in touch with the mother. Uh, I just love her, adore her. And she's, you know, for, for those of you who will pick up this book, you will understand. Like, it's something that... Uh, well, she's a, this was a gift to you, and you were a gift to them. It was the right person, right time, and, you know, this changed your life, and it also changed the lives of everyone um, that met you. So you were both gifts to one another. And hence the, the comment on win-win, right? Because Exactly. It was a win-win. Well, let's give your website out to all our listeners again so they can go pick up your book, see everything that you have there, find out how they can bring Shero into their their personal lives, their business lives, their relationships, because all of us need to be living with spirituality, with humanity, with enlightenment, with responsibility, and with opportunity. We all can be and live Shiro. The book is From Sheep to Shiro, Transforming the Face of Tribal B.S., Rebecca Mora Dogley, I'm probably murdering your name, but I told oh, you I'd have fun with it. No, it's, it was perfect. It's, it's perfect. good. Okay, it's spelled M O R A D O G H L Y, and her website is I am Shiro.com. Will you just wrap it up for us and leave us with some parting wisdom? Well, I'd like to invite people to, uh, I was mentioning this earlier, and I do this at my talk show. Uh, talk oh, the poem. 
a poem, absolutely. I would love to leave everyone with this poem. And it's based on Tumes, as you had mentioned, and that's what my publishing company is called. And Tumes, as in, uh, in Latin, as you know, means it's up to you. So if I can leave with that. That's the that way works. I would love you to leave. Perfect. So uh, be yourself, not someone else. Always be authentic with no pretense. Own who you are and your heritage. Improve upon it with each passing page. It's easy to complain and blame others, but when one takes responsibility, one discovers an inner strength that has no limit other than the power that you give it. So move forward, grow and expand. Nothing but the best for yourself demand. Never hold back. Always be true, because at the end of the day, it's up to you. Tuum est. Tuum est. This is Rebecca... Maura Dogley, her book, From Sheep to Shiro, go to IamShiro.com. You will be inspired and motivated, enlightened, and you do have the responsibility and the opportunities to live a life of great, great humanity. Be Shiro. Rebecca, it's been an absolute delight having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cynthia. It was wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for sending us your book and letting us know about your work. I am Shiro.com. Listeners, stay with me. I'll be back in a bit. We're going to give you some information about the red carpet and the new movie, Tapping the Source. We want you to tap your source. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know the power of a thank you? When employees put in long hours to complete important projects, it is imperative to recognize these people with a heartfelt thank you. One idea is for the company president to send a handwritten thank you note to the family of the employee, explaining just how much the work was appreciated and thanking the family for putting up with the inconvenience. Another idea is to hold a special breakfast, a lunch, or even a small gathering in honor of the hard work of the team. By recognizing input and hard work, a company retains employees and has a more dedicated workforce with a sense of personal involvement. Appreciate those who make your company successful, your employees and your suppliers. Thank yous go a long way to establishing loyalty and goodwill. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. To find your passion, your purpose, and the possibility, call 925-377-7827 to set up an appointment. 
Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel where the world comes to listen and talk. volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thanks for staying with me right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where we want to inspire you to greatness and to help you just be the person you were meant to be. You have uh, asked some of what some of the books are, and I just want to send you to the website. I know that when there's time for gift giving, that you might want something that's autographed. So if you go to be the star you are dot com, be the star you are dot com, you can pick up a copy of the book "Be the Star You Are for Teens" that has the chapter in it, the gift of Thanksgiving we were talking about earlier as well as all the other books are there, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference, Miracle Moments, The Business of Show Business, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, and there are links to uh, the Kindle books, The Blessings of Family and Relationships. So hopefully you will check those out, pick them up. All the proceeds do benefit the charity, Be the Star You Are, which brings you this radio show every week. Well, I just alluded to, as did Rebecca earlier, some of the gurus that are in the personal growth and empowerment industry. And for the past 20 years, this has been something that has been very close to my heart and that I have been working in, attempting to coach and consult and work with people to help them live the lives that they are meant to live. And I feel that I live a very authentic life. I'm the real deal. What you see is what you get, <laughs> and it's always been my, my dream and my mission to help others to help themselves and to help others be the best that they can be, to help them live their dreams, to reach their goals, to push the limits, to risk, to dare, to stretch, to be. And earlier this year, I was invited to participate in a movie that was called Tapping the Source. Well, like all movies, and I've been in the movie business for 30 years as an actor, I rarely, rarely even tell people when I work in a film because it doesn't matter if I work a day or I work three months. I never know when once the film is edited whether I'm going to be in the film or on the cutting room floor. So in the early years, I used to get excited over everything. And, you know, as you realize the realities of the movie industry, you start thinking, okay, 
well, you know, maybe I'll make it, maybe I won't. And so I normally go to the theater by myself, cover my eyes, and then watch the movie in the hopes that maybe I'll see myself. But, you know, you never know. This past Friday was the premiere of Tapping the Source in Los Angeles. It was a sold-out crowd of over 1,200 people at the Agape Theater. And I was invited to walk the red carpet. But it was a very uh, a secretive film in that none of the participants who had been interviewed or put in the film were told if they were in the film. Now, the three producers who were Bill, uh, William Gladstone, he was on our show last week, Bill Gladstone. He's also the author of The Twelve, and he's the author or co-author of the book Tapping the Source, as well as Richard Greninger, who is also co-author and he's a co-producer, and then Gail Newhouse, our uh, co-producer, and she was the editor of the film. And they had literally traveled the world and interviewed thousands of people to come up with this one idea, and they wanted to have, like, one voice that could help people realize and tap into what was the source of their happiness. And for me, it's just always been clear. I, I just feel that I, I, happiness is a choice, and it comes literally from my years of growing up on a farm, of learning to make a mistake, to learning that failure is fertilizer. And I just get such joy from waking up every day and being with animals and being with children and being able to serve others and make a difference. And, you know, to really be being who I am and doing what I love, it, whether it's acting or writing or, or coaching or speaking, etc. So we walk the red carpet. We get there, and I'm all, you know, I'm dressed in long gowns, as is all, all the other uh, women, and everyone looks beautiful. And the different television stations and radio and newspapers and magazines, they're all, they're all grabbing you to take pictures, and they're asking, well, what did you do in the movie? And the interesting part was is I had no clue <laughs> because I had no idea how they edited the film or what, whether I was even in the movie. So my response was, well, this is going to be my first time seeing the movie, so we're going to find out together. Well, I was very, very excited when the movie began and completely pleasantly surprised and honored and humbled when I found out that I have a, quite a large uh, part in the movie with many, many distinguished people who you know. So there's about 100 people that were in the movie that come from all different walks of life, but they're all, they are all mega, mega successful in what they do. And they are the leaders in what they do, whether it is in science or if it is in acting or um, if it's in, uh, in writing or music or sports, whatever it is, it is something that they are the best. They're renowned athletes. They're renowned spiritual leaders. They're renowned philanthropists. They're healers. And all of them were there to reveal the source of happiness and abundance. Some of those people, and actually a great many of them, have been guests in our radio Shows such as Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen and Michael Bernard Beckwith, um, Marcy Smynoff, Neil Donald Walsh, uh, Bill Gladstone, you know, just to name a few. But there were many other people, Monique Coleman from High School Musical and Tanya Roberts and Mariel Hemingway and Gene Houston. And obviously I can't name all the people that were in it because there are a hundred. Then you can go to tappingthesourcemovie.com to get a sense of it. 
But when the movie started, it was obvious that everyone in the audience was really taken with the movie, that they really connected with the words. And what I found that was so amazing, and when Bill Gladstone introduced the film, he, he said that what other filmmakers had said, what other producers had told him and his co-producers, is that we they had probably found a new style of making a documentary because how can you put a hundred people in a movie and still have it be one voice, one thought, something that's a takeaway that really can make you a better person, that will help you go out into the world and stretch and believe that you can achieve and that to know that happiness is your birthright and that you all have that ability to live a life of meaning. But that's exactly what they were able to do. And for me personally, to be sitting in this room with 1,200 people and also the, the other stars of the film and the producers and the, the people who made the music, it was just awe-inspiring. And I'm so excited. It's now being invited to go to film festivals. And I'm sure that lots and lots of lives are going to be touched by it and that there's going to be many, many good things that come about from being a part of this film. So I just want to publicly thank Bill and Gail and Richard for keeping me in the movie. It is a journey of awareness and of joy, and I'm just so excited with all the positive messages and honored of it to be part of this very passionate and purposeful film that is going to help so many people tap into their source and live their dreams. So I want to just give out that website again. I have lots of pictures on our website, first first of all, at starstyleradio.com, and you can find a link to the photos on Facebook. If you go to Cynthia Bryan at Facebook, there's a lot of photos that are there. And my daughter, Heather Brittany, who is the co-host of this show, was with me as well as some good friends and uh, some cousins that showed up, so you'll get to see pictures of all of everyone there. And then for Tapping the Source, it is released. You can actually get a copy on uh, pay. I, I think you can get a copy through pay for purview, and you can actually buy the DVD, and then I'm sure there's going to be other releases later, and then watch for it in film festivals. TappingTheSourceMovie.com. TappingTheSourceMovie.com that you'll want to go there and figure that out. And then also, since the movie, I've been having lots of people um, email or call and want to know about speaking engagements or coaching that's coming up for me. I am available for speaking engagements, and if you're interested in getting a coaching or consultation, you can just send an email to Cynthia at star-style.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's 925 377 7827, and we'll get you uh, set up with um, with either a coaching session by phone or in person, or if you're looking for lectures or whatever, personal appearances, we will take care of that as well. And of course, with all the holidays coming up, you want to pick up books and get them autographed. So we're, we're hoping that um, you will pay attention and do that. So I want to just thank you all for being great listeners. And for being with us every week on this show, it is just my greatest honor to be here, and I hope that you're tuned in to Heather and I every week. We love being your personal growth success coaches. 
We want to show you the possibilities and bring you the passion so that you will find your purpose. We believe with all our hearts that you can change your life and only you can change your life. And you can make your dreams come true when you decide that's what you want. You know it's that conceive, believe, achieve. If you'd like to make a donation to Be The Star You Are nonprofit, you can do so via credit card or PayPal. You can go to the website bethestarur.org or you can send something to P.O. Box 376, Moraga, California, 94556. May there be peace within you today. May you trust your highest power that you're exactly where you're meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. Use your gifts that you've received and pass on the love that's been given to you and be content knowing that you are a child of God and let this presence settle into your bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing and dance and bask in the sun because it is there for each and every one of you. And I want you as you go out to the day today to remember that no one's ever walked this earth with your exact combination of inborn and acquired strengths, weaknesses, skills, talents, and experiences. You are one of a kind. You are you, and you have the ability and the responsibility to be the star of your own life. Own it. Be it. Be the star you are. My aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate you. And until we celebrate again next week, Go out into the world, read a book. It's like a garden in your pocket. Have a wonderful week. And this is Cynthia Bryan from Star Style thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. You are a star. Tap your source. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then... Be the star you are. You are.